Judge Jeanine Pirro. She's the outspoken host. Judge Jeanine Pirro is dominating the headlines right now. Tunnel to Towers Foundation presents the Judge Janine Bureau Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Bureau. Welcome, everyone, to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show. I hope everybody's having a good day so far. And as always, we are armed and ready to serve justice with all my great listeners here on the Red Apple Audio Network. And I must tell you, armed and ready we are. And we will be talking about someone who was armed and ready in a minute. There is so much that happened in America this week, starting on Monday with President Biden's uh, Martin Luther King Day speech uh, that was supposed to be a speech recognizing uh, the greatness of Martin Luther King and his dream for America. But instead, our commander in chief used that speech as a way to continue to divide America and as a way to criticize Republicans. I'm not going to waste your time or my time, but just another just another reminder of every effort this man makes to pit Americans against Americans. It is pathetic, but uh, it could be that he was just trying to cover up the bigger Biden story, and that is. Uh, the uh, uh, secret documents that uh, we keep finding more and more documents. Uh, the White House is being less and less transparent. Karine Jean-Pierre, the press secretary, is an embarrassment. She will not answer the press's questions. Uh, she does not believe that there is anything that she needs to respond to. But in the end, uh, I think I see the press starting to get a little uh, frustrated, if not angry, with the fact that uh, not only does the White House not tell them what's going on with these uh documents but that they keep hiding them and it's almost circular they say talk to the department of justice talk to this one talk to that one and then when reporters do they don't give many answers but the big story this week was alec baldwin alec baldwin the guy who is now charged with two counts of involuntary manslaughter in the state of new mexico uh, where his Rust movie uh, was being shot and uh, interesting shot. And he ended up shooting and killing uh, the cinematographer Helena Hutchins. Now, uh, the the indictment or actually the charges right now, I believe that New Mexico is not doing indictments now. But the charging of Alec Baldwin with involuntary manslaughter means that Baldwin is not charged with intentional murder. He's not charged with reckless murder. He's charged with criminally negligent homicide, which is basically in the state of New Mexico, involuntary manslaughter. Now, there he faces up to 18 months, but there is a weapons attachment to that, which adds five years. So if a jury who will have the option to decide whether or not uh, they're going to include that uh, that charge, they can give him up to six and a half years. Now, you'll recall that Alec Baldwin was very clear about the fact that he was not responsible, folks, for the killing of Helena Hutchins, a cinematographer. And he told that to George Stephanopoulos. Let's just take a walk down memory lane and listen to what he said. I didn't pull the trigger. So you never pulled the trigger? No, 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 no. I, I would never point a gun at anyone and pull a trigger at them. Never. Never. That was the training that I had. You don't point a gun at me and, and pull the trigger at them. 
Okay, so no, 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 no. I would never point a gun at anyone and pull the trigger. Never, never, never. That was a training I had. Who are you kidding, Alec? Who are you kidding? That's exactly what you did. Did somebody else come in and take that gun, point it at Helena Hutchins, and pull the trigger? Now, the question and the issue, of course, is whether or not he can be criminally responsible. Some people feel that because it's a movie set, well, that's different. Folks, it ain't different. And I had the opportunity to do one of the two or three interviews that the DA gave uh, in this uh, in the country. Uh, And I had a chance to speak to the DA about the fact that this guy, Alec Baldwin, keeps denying that he pulled the trigger. So let's go to SOT number two. It appears that you have evidence that contradicts this claim. Do you? Yes, we do. And we definitely believe he pulled the trigger. Um, the, the FBI lab report confirms that. So definitely the trigger was pulled. All right. So his statement is not correct under any circumstance. Uh, we don't believe it is. All right. Now, there's a DA who says that they have evidence. And by the way, folks, it's a single action gun. It doesn't fire unless you pull the trigger. OK. And where does he get up? pointing a gun directly at the cinematographer and pulling the trigger. You know, you can convince yourself, oh, you didn't do something, but try to convince everyone else. But it is clear what happened here. And the New Mexico prosecutor, Mary Carmack Altweiss, is not taking uh, any prisoners here. She is making sure that there is accountability here. And I asked her, what was the evidence that she used in as as the basis for charging Baldwin. Here's her answer. Number one. Start with D.A. Carmack Altweiss. What evidence exactly convinced you to charge Baldwin in this case? Well, there was really a totality of the evidence. Um, Mr. Baldwin had a duty at, at the base level to never hold a gun and point it at a person while pulling the trigger. But he also had a duty um, as an actor and a producer on that set to have the bullets checked or to check them himself to make sure that they weren't live. And he had a, a duty to um, make sure that the set was a safe set. And we know from multiple accounts that it was not a safe set. He should have known. He should have done something about it. So we're going to hear from Mark Garagos, who is a defense attorney, a famed defense attorney, who I'm sure you're familiar with about the newest development in the the shooting on that movie set of Rust. Also joining us on the show today, we're going to have a narcotics and crime expert, Robert Almonte. I'm going to talk to him about a horrific incident that happened in California that left six dead in what a lot of experts think is a possible cartel hit. And the question that I'm going to put to him is this. Are the cartels already in the United States? Are we now victim or subject to being victims to the most violent, barbaric kinds of crimes that can be committed? Uh, And I think you're going to want to hear from him. He's a man who walks the walk. And, of course, later on in the show, I'm going to gavel out with my closing arguments. It's all coming up in just a few moments here on the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. This is the Judge Janine Show. This is the Judge Janine Show.
Now, here's Judge Janine Pirro. Welcome back to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Joining us now is a criminal defense attorney, the managing partner of the law firm Garagos and Garagos, uh, someone who I'm sure you're familiar with, both in terms of just the name itself, as well as seeing him on television over the years. Join me in welcoming Mark Garagos to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Now, uh, I'm not going to get into Mark's background, which clearly is stellar. He is someone who has earned uh, the reputation and the awe of many clients who've tried to get him over the years. And the ones that he has represented include Scott Peterson, Michael Jackson, Winona Ryder, Colin Kaepernick, and it goes on and on, including, uh, for those of you who may remember, uh, the Bill Clinton days, we're talking about Susan McDougal there. Uh, and so Mark is, uh, as you know, is very familiar with the criminal law in addition to uh, the civil law that he practices as well. Good morning, Mark. How are you this Sunday morning? I'm wonderful. And thank you. Boy, that was a uh, a little parade down memory lane. I've been talking <laughs> about Susan McDougal for a while. So thank yeah. you. Well, you know, we got that from your, I think your website has McDougal on there. And I said, eh, let's try to bring it a little forward. Anyway, Mark, you're the perfect guest this morning to have on to talk about the uh, charges uh, that were announced this week against Alec Baldwin. Uh, 13, well, actually 15 months after the shooting, Alec Baldwin is now being charged with involuntary manslaughter in the state of New Mexico. Uh, and it is, I am sure, a shock to him, given the fact that, you know, he has repeatedly uh, denied that he was not responsible for the shooting of Helena Hutchins, who, as all my uh, listeners, I'm sure, remember, was shot on the set of the movie Rust. Were you surprised by the charges, Mark? No, actually, I said uh, whenever he did that interview with George Stephanopoulos uh, on ABC, I was, um, to say the least, highly critical. If he had been my client, I probably would have tackled him or taken a baseball bat to him. Uh, He made two fundamental mistakes in that interview. Um, Number one was when he uh, made the statement that he didn't pull the trigger. And all that did, and I said it over a year ago, is that's going to provoke the uh, the uh, prosecution to go do something with that. And sure enough, they did. They went to the FBI and they uh, came up with a report that if you believe what's leaked is that specifically that particular weapon could not have fired without the trigger being pulled. That's number one. Number two is he made a statement that something to the effect of he didn't feel responsibility. Now, look, you may feel that way, and you may want to express that and, uh, still, but why do you, number one? And, no, and number two, that does nothing but inflame the people who are the victims. And so I thought that was also, uh, both of those things were, excuse the pun, triggering of the prosecution. And I expected that he was going to have that interview jammed back down his throat, either civilly or criminally or both. And here we are. He's uh, he, he settled the civil, and now he's facing this. And mind you, Judge, I'll tell you one other thing. He has repeatedly been interviewed and said he was told, and presumably this is by his lawyers, that he was not going to get filed on. And I just thought that was utterly ridiculous at the same time law enforcement was saying that uh, they were still looking at the evidence. 
Well, yeah, he said, I think his words were something to the effect, Mark Garagos, that, uh, you know, I've been told by people on the inside that I'm not going to be charged. But, you know, I think you're right, Mark Garagos, about the fact that, you know, there was a certain arrogance. There was a certain, you know, condescension on his part. You know, I feel no responsibility whatsoever. You know, I do, do you feel at all? They didn't use the word guilty, but I think I'll find it here as I'm going through my notes. I feel no responsibility. Wait a minute, buddy. You aim the gun. You pull the trigger. And, of course, he could deny he pulled the trigger. And I said, Mark Garagos, I said the same thing. I said, that's a single action. That goes off when you pull the trigger or your finger's on that trigger. So, uh, and then, exactly. and so, you know, it's, it's, it is, it's just a given and the denial that, you know, he didn't when contradiction to obviously what the FBI will say. And I interviewed the, the prosecutor yesterday and they were very confident, Mark, they were very confident about the case. He pulled the trigger, but his denial of any responsibility he said, someone's responsible, but it's not me. Uh, I, I think it may, as you have said, inflamed a prosecutor, as it did me. Uh, but at the same time, I think these prosecutors were very focused on the law. They were very focused on not, you know, being famous, not going out there, not trashing anybody. They only gave three, four interviews total. And that's it. They will be silent until the trial. So they're not looking for publicity. They understand what they're what they're facing. And the the fact that uh, there are these statements, these inconsistent statements by uh, uh, Baldwin make it very clear to me that he can't take the stand if he were to go to trial. What do you think? Well, I well, there's a couple of thoughts there. Number one, I agree with you. The only surprise here was uh, day before yesterday. When they announced that they were just going to release this in a written statement, mm-hmm. I said to anybody who would listen, wow, that means they're not going to file. Because, right. the, as you know, the typical prosecutor, they're going to hold a press conference. They're going to go out and do the dog and pony show, and uh, there's there's no way you can stop them. So that was the only kind of curveball here. And then I saw yesterday your interview, and um, and I was surprised that, Frankly, that you got the interview, but then why? Why? <laughs> because I, I figured I thought I thought that well, yeah, I figured there was some prosecutorial affinity or something. Yes, but yes. Uh, you know, part of you guys know the secret handshake. But, the, um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was surprising to me, number one, that they weren't going to hold a press conference. That it was surprising to me that they did just one. You know, at the time you announced that you were the only game in town and the only interview. And then uh, I thought that they were um, uh, formidable. Uh, and yes. I think, you know, there's there's also kind of a backstory here. For those who don't know, Alec Baldwin has had criminal proceedings on both coasts, L.A. Really? and New York. He had many years ago, he went to trial with a lawyer that I know who's now passed away, and he was acquitted in a uh, kind of a, uh, a misdemeanor offense in Los Angeles. Then he had another case many years later in New York. Now, for people who are listening, I readily confess I'm one of these bicoastal elites as well, L.A. to New York, but this is New Mexico, and I heard a very well-respected criminal defense lawyer out of New Mexico, who I know, say something to the effect yesterday 
here in New Mexico, we know how to deal with people who come here with guns and play cowboy at dude ranches or on make-believe movie sets. And I just think that maybe there's a certain hubris based on the fact that he skated on the L.A. and New York cases, and New Mexico is not L.A. or New York. Well, that is interesting, and I think that in the statement that the DAs made, Mark Aragos, they they referenced uh, New Mexico, uh, and they referenced the state, obviously, where this happened, and they, they referenced the fact that, you know, the handling of weapons is not something to be taken lightly. Uh, there was definitely reference to that in the statement. But, you know, you had mentioned when we were talking about what it was that he had said to Stephanopoulos, when Stephanopoulos said to him, so you never pull the trigger? Alec Baldwin said, no, 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 no. I would never point a gun at anyone and pull a trigger at them. Never, never. I mean, that is a lie. You and I and everybody in the world knows he pointed a gun. Okay, he pointed it and killed a woman in the prime of her life, the mother of a young boy. And, you know, it's it's as though he kept trying to get himself, you know, absolve himself as though he wasn't the gun with the, the man with the gun and, and pointing it. But let's talk about, you know, the burden of proof here. The D.A. is charging involuntary manslaughter, Mark, and you and I both know that there's no intent here. No intent to right. kill, right? It's it is simply uh, uh, a negligence. It's not even reckless. It's negligence. So uh, right, and I've seen. By the way, that's a great point because I've seen a lot of people talking about this and talking about reckless and some of the other things. Yeah, that we, people don't know what the they're talking statute. about. Half the time. They don't know what they're talking about. This they read the statute. The statute says <laughs> a lawful act in an unlawful manner and. There is case law in New Mexico, I'm just reading it yesterday, that specifically says that can just be negligence. All right. Mark Garagos, famed defense attorney, uh, friend of the show, Mark. We appreciate your taking the time. We'll be watching this case very carefully. Up next on the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show, I will be speaking with former narcotics detective Robert Almonte. And it's all coming up right here on the Red Apple Audio Network. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. I see. This is the Judge Janine Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Bureau. Welcome back to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show. Joining us now is a former narcotics detective, United States Marshal, law enforcement specialist. This is a guy who doesn't just talk the talk, folks. You know I hate those people uh, who are always out there telling us what they think we should know. This is a guy who's actually walked the walk. He's got a 25-year career in narcotics uh, with the El Paso Police Department. That should uh, send a flag right there, El Paso. He's got expertise in the area of the Mexican cartels and gangs who uh, uh, prey on citizens uh, and then uh, actually pay to make sure that their drug activities are protected. 
He has trained thousands of law enforcement officers, and he's been credited with helping solve uh, many cold cases, murder, etc. Narcotics commander. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. Just take it from me, guys. Um, He's walked the walk. His name is Robert Almonte, uh, and we are thrilled to have him as our guest on the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. I'm going to start with the first question, Robert, which is this. We hear about cartels in the United States all the time, uh, but somehow we feel in America that we're protected. But this past week, something happened in the state of California, in the United States, that looked very much like a killing uh, by a cartel. Uh, And uh, I think that that is something that should send shivers down the spines of a lot of Americans. Are we in trouble here? Oh, absolutely, Judge. Where not only are we in trouble, we've been in trouble in a while. And and this incident in California just scares the hell out of people all over the United States, from the border all the way up to Maine to Oregon. The cartels are here. They've been here for a while. The the problem is there's more of them here. They're ruthless. They're sons. They don't care. They they uh, they're brutal. They kill people. Uh, yeah, we need to be really concerned and we need to do more to to prevent these guys from doing what they're doing and and prevent more of them from coming into the United States. Well, you know, the the, the crazy part about all this, Robert El Monte, uh, is that when the six people, including a mother and her six-year-old baby, are shot dead in an early morning massacre in Goshen, California, they say, well, it may be related to cartel activity. But there were reports of gunfire, and the call came in, and they thought it was an active shooting because they were shooting at that time. And as soon as they responded, everybody was dead. People in the house, somebody in the ditch, somebody outside. A 16-year-old mother holding her six-month-old baby, or she was 17 years old, they were both shot in the head. Then there was a, 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 a man taken to the hospital. He's pronounced dead. The grandmother shot in, the, uh, in her bed. Somebody's in the ditch. Now, uh, this is not a random act of violence. And uh, what tells you that this is cartel-related or gang activity? I mean, what are the characteristics associated with a drug cartel massacre? Yeah, Judge, everything you described regarding that that shooting, that massacre, uh, clearly clearly is a cartel-slash-gang hit. The reason I say gangs is because the, the gangs are working. The gangs here in the United States are working with the Mexican cartels, uh, doing drug trafficking, human smuggling, and hit. So this could have been a, a gang working closely with the cartel. But the other thing is that the way they carried out this execution, a lot of bullets being fired, everybody was killed. And that's a classic cartel execution. That tells me that Somebody in that family, possibly involved in the gang or cartel activity, uh, upset the cartel so much that they sent people to kill him or her and the entire family. That's how the cartels operate. The other reason they do that is to eliminate any any witnesses. The killing, shooting the the 10-month-old baby in the head and the mother, but shooting the 10-month-old baby in the head, that sends a message to... We want to hurt you. We want you to remember what we did. And the other thing, too, it's a warning to other people that 
betray the cartel or the gangs that they'll kill you, not only kill you, they'll kill your family, then yes, even a, even a little baby. Well, you know, the, the, the heightened level of brutality is, is indicative of this kind of uh, uh, level of violence. But, you know, Robert Almonte, the truth is, that a lot of the problems that we have, and you've, you've already said that the cartel is already in the United States, it happens as a result of the southern border being wide open. Uh, I think it was in the month of December, 250,000 people. That is bigger than, you know, most big cities uh, in the United States. How is Joe Biden, who, you know, we've been complaining for months, how does he allow them to continue to come through? And I've got no problem with immigrants. Let me make this clear. All of us are immigrants to this country, but there is no there's no rhyme and reason. If you're in the legal line trying to come here legally, then you've got to wait. You've got to spend money. You've got to get a lawyer. You've got to beg and cry. But if you walk in with a heightened arrogance and saying, I want to be here, Come right in. I mean, we're being bullied, but I think it's more than that. What What is Joe Biden doing? Well, the short answer is uh, judge is nothing. That, <laughs> that's the problem. The, the short answer is, is nothing. It's just incredible. I go to the border uh, to conduct my research. I was in El Paso uh, right before uh, Christmas, right on the border with National Guard and Border Patrol, Texas, DPS. And it's just incredible what's going on on, on the border. And it's like, why is this happening? This can be stopped. There's already laws in the books that, that prevent, should prevent this from, from happening, but it, it's just not happening. And the thing is, too, is that here's the thing. The Mexican cartel, uh, seeing all of this, that the border is not secure, they're laughing at us. Of Why course. do I say they're laughing at us? Because the Mexican cartels are taking advantage of this surge. The Mexican cartels are heavily involved in human smuggling. They make a lot of money off of human smuggling. Some of those people being smuggled, or a lot of them being smuggled in the United States, are going to be, are going to end up being embedded in existing cartel cell groups throughout the United States. Well, and the and the cartels. I mean, how do they how do they operate? I mean, do they they bring in? The mules, I mean, are the arteries already set up? Explain that, Robert Del Monte. Yeah, no, absolutely. What they're doing is they're they're using existing uh, drug and human smuggling routes throughout the United States. In other words, they're already in place. The stash houses are already in place. Let me give an example with human smuggling. And here's the deal. The reason the cartels are so much involved in in human smuggling is because they actually – it's more cost effective for them because see, when the cartels are bringing drugs into the United States, uh, for the most part, they don't receive their, their money until the drugs have been delivered. It's completely different with human smuggling. These people wanting to be smuggled, they pay the cartels directly thousands of dollars to be smuggled up front. So these migrants end up getting apprehended in the border somewhere in the United States or like, unfortunately, what happened in San Antonio last July where we had almost 60 people die took to death in a in a trailer rig. In the cartels truck. don't care. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, the truck. Yeah. They don't they don't lose any sleep over that. So they already made their money. So that's the problem with the human smuggling. But there are existing uh, drug and hu- human smuggling routes. So these people brought across the border, whether it's drugs or people, they're placed in stash houses 
fairly close to the border. And then from there, the drugs are repackaged and distributed to to cities throughout the United States. And the same thing with the migrants. They're taken uh, several at a time in a car, maybe taken to a, a truck, and then and taken to other parts of the, of the country. But this has been going on for some time now. It is it is absolutely stunning. And, you know, uh, we don't even need to uh, get into the fentanyl, which your friend uh, uh, Derek Maltz talks about a great deal with the undeclared war by China sending the the the, the precursor that Mexico then, you know, stamps into a an innocent or an innocuous looking uh, prescription pill or not even a prescription pill. And that they then sell and ultimately kill Americans. This is this borders on uh, this borders on treason, allowing this war that is being conducted by China and Mexico and our southern border. That there's no protection for the American people. What are we going to do? Yeah, you're absolutely right. And Derek is a good friend of mine, and I applaud him his efforts on the fentanyl issue. And I agree with him. Fentanyl is killing uh, hundreds of thousands of people in the United States. Uh, they're poisoning. So basically, uh, the Mexican cartels, in my opinion, are the biggest threat to our country right now. They're poisoning thousands of Americans. Uh, they're setting up their cell groups here in the United States. They're killing people. This incident that happened in California, that's not the first of its kind. I train, as you mentioned, I train a lot of law enforcement officers. I, I show them, Judge, several cases where cartels have killed people, including a case that occurred in Alabama a few years ago where a Mexican cartel ended up beheading a 13-year-old little girl. Oh, 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 this is, this, it's barbaric. I mean, it is. It is what yes. they do. And, you know, a lot of them come across. And I have to tell you, Robert Almonte, I remember 2014 when during the Obama term when they were coming through the, the Latin kings and the gangs. And I was speaking with Border Patrol and they said, we can't turn them back because they're Latin kings. We can't turn them back because they're MS-13. But you and I both know what their what their mission is and what they do. Uh, and then I remember Nancy Pelosi coming out and, you know, that did and saying, oh, they're children of God. Uh, that that why are they doing this? Why are they not doing anything? Why are they allowing this? Why and why do we not know any of the people and what the 150 countries are coming from? Why? Yeah, it, it's it, it's it's crazy, Judge. And you're absolutely right. We need to know who's coming into our country. And and you know you got all these people uh, claiming asylum, and then you still have all these other people that are being smuggled into our country by by the cartels through other means, through holes in the fence, hidden uh, in in vehicles, and things of that, and things of that nature. So it's just uh, it's just an, an incredible. I I don't I don't know the the answer to, it, but let me tell you what I think we we should be doing, and we're not doing. And number one, secure the border. That's what needs to be done. And we need to find out who's coming into our country, as you said, Judge. That's very, very important. The other thing is that our federal government is not treating this the way it should be treated. This is a crisis. It's a crisis on the border, but it's actually impacting the entire United States. They need to send more federal agents to the southwest border, more DEA agents, more Border Patrol agents, HSI agents. They need to do that. The other thing, Judge, that needs to be done is, as I mentioned, the cartels have been here for a while. We need to 
up our activity and and do more proactive activity towards the cartels that are here in the United States. And how do you do that? The federal government needs to provide more funding to the HIDA programs that are state, local, federal task forces that are set up to proactively address these cell groups in the United States take them down, dismantle them. The other thing they need to do is provide more funding to the National Guard counter-drug training programs. The counter-drug programs from the National Guard, they provide free training throughout the United States, and they provide a lot of training to these officers that are in rural areas that don't receive the training. Right, and it, right. It, you know, there's just so many things that we can do that we're not doing but- well, you know, when you talk about the money, I have to tell you, when I was DA in Westchester, I set up a HIDA program, and that was uh, that was in the early 2000s, so that was 23 years ago. Uh, you know, I mean, I knew as a local DA that we need HIDA. I need to connect with all of my local law enforcement partners, local, state, federal, DEA, and start putting together some task forces. You know, it just, you don't have to be a genius to figure this stuff out. But here's where the problem is, Robert Almonte. When you talk about money, you know, then when you get into federal money, you know, they're like, well, the Republicans, they stick this in the in this bill and they take that out of that bill. But hopefully now with Kevin McCarthy and and with the Freedom Caucus holding out, and to their credit, I give them credit at this point, they said, you know what, every budget is separate. We're not going to have any of these omnibus budget bills where, you know, you put everything in a 4,000-page budget and you have 72 hours maybe to look at it. So um, the budget's important, but I I have to tell you, Robert, that, that I think that if the president doesn't close that border, if the president disengaged from continuing to build that wall and, you know, has this and has a half with the vice president and, and uh, you know, in charge of the root causes of, of the, uh, uh, the, the, the crisis at the border, why people come here. Why do people come here? They come here because the border's open. There's a cornucopia of benefits. You got health care. You got you got education, medication, housing. You get everything in New York City. You get a you get a free uh, a laundry service, babysitters, televisions, Xboxes. I mean, come on, what is wrong with us? It's it's a takedown of America. This country is losing its its independence. It's losing its sovereignty. And excuse me for pontificating, uh, but it just infuriates me. Uh, Robert Almonte, you know, final words on on the cartels. I mean, if they're already embedded and the arteries are already created in the United States, will we see more of what we saw in California this week with this barbaric medieval murdering by the cartels? Judge, if we don't do something that seems we you both you and I have have suggested, then yeah, it's going to continue. It's only going to get worse. There's cartel activity. There's cartels in the United States. There's more of them. And if the border is not secure, I guarantee you, you're going to see more cartel activity here. And you're going to see the results of their presence. And that's going to include the type of murders that we saw in California. And I, I encourage every American to pay attention to this topic. I encourage every American to reach out to their to their congressman, their senator, to put pressure on them to do something about the border and do something about the cartel. 
Okay. All right, Robert Almonte, thank you so much uh, for joining us. I appreciate you taking the time to join us on the uh, Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Stay well and God bless. Thank you, Uh, Judge. God bless you. All right. And by the way, everybody, you know, there is a difference between, you know, uh, street gangs, that kind of thing. When you talk about drug cartels, though, They engage in deadly violence, hit squads against perceived enemies, members of law enforcement, and anyone or anything that threatens their drug trafficking efforts. Uh, This is bad stuff, everyone. Anyway, never forget, that's the commitment we made on 9-11. Honor it by donating $11 a month to the Tunnel to Towers Foundation at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Up next on the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show, I will gavel out with my closing argument. It's all coming up here on the Red Apple Audio Network. It's the Judge Jeanine Show. This is the Judge Jeanine Show. Now, here's Judge Jeanine Bureau. Okay, now it's time for me to gavel out with my closing argument. So, we've got some problems here in this country. You heard it from Robert Almonte. I've talked to you before and brought a guest uh, on before about the fentanyl coming into the United States. I've also talked about the fact that uh, China, in its undeclared war against this country, is sending in the precursor of fentanyl that Mexican cartels are uh, stamping into what looks like legitimate prescription drugs and what looks like candy in some situations. This is the fentanyl that is killing 100,000 Americans a year. And unfortunately, now everybody's getting through the border without question. They're not only getting through the border, the open border, but they are being sent into the interior of the United States. That creates the art, the artery for the cartels. Look, we're in a bad spot right now. America is losing her sovereignty. It seems that we're nothing more than a globalist landing spot where we offer everybody the cornucopia of benefits uh, that uh, they could ask for. And we continue to do it while keeping out the refugees or the people who really want to come here legally. You know, ask yourself a question. Uh, Do you know of any Ukrainian refugees in the United States? I don't. We've watched their country being totally uh, uh, destroyed and devastated, but I don't know of any Ukrainian refugees here. But, man, they're marching in from everywhere from the uh, uh, through our southern border, but not from Ukraine. And Alec Baldwin, that will be a case to watch, folks. These DAs are very serious. Uh, they're not into publicity. They did not hold a press conference. You heard from Mark Garagos himself that uh, he was surprised, and he thought that when they issued that statement that they were going to charge him, uh, the announcement that a statement was coming, he thought, meant that there'd be no charges. These are uh, prosecutors who uh, walk the walk and are very clear about the handling of weapons, and the death of an innocent woman in the prime of her life with a young son because of the recklessness, the refusal to recognize safety issues. And right now, Alec Baldwin is in a lot of trouble. 
He lied on the George Stephanopoulos interview. They can prove it. You know, and he wouldn't take responsibility. Americans don't like that. You say, oh, I didn't do it. I'm not responsible. No, I'm not. You held the gun. You pointed the gun. You pulled the trigger. So we'll see how that case goes forward. But I can't believe we're out of time already. Make sure you join us right back here next week. Same time, same place for the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Have a great day, everybody. Enjoy every day. Believe me. Take care. God bless.